This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the trading week, Singapore shares opened lower after mixed trading in global markets. The Straits Times Index was down 0.4% in early trade and closed in the red, down 0.6% to 3,241 points. On Tuesday, Singapore shares opened lower. The SDI was down 0.2% at the open and closed in the red, down 0.7% to 3,220 points. At the midweek, Singapore shares opened lower, following losses in the global markets. The SDI was down 0.4% at the open, but closed in the green, up 0.1% to 3,224 points. And on Thursday, Singapore shares opened lower after the U.S. central bank affirmed that more interest rate increases are likely ahead as the inflation rate is still high. The SDI was down 0.1% in early trade and slipped 0.04% to close at 3,222 points. It's Friday, June 23rd. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero. Singapore shares dipped after global markets ended mixed overnight. The SDI was down 0.1% at the open. Here's Amelia Tan, market analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the trading week. In the week to date, until Thursday evening, the STI declined 1.2% in line with regional markets as the FTSE Asia-Pacific Index declined close to 2%. Asian stocks generally declined over the week, post the US Fed Chair's recent hawkish comments indicating that the inflation fight still has a long way to go and that most central bank officials expect rates to rise further. Looking back in the Singapore market, top three outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least $500 million Sing dollars were Food Empire Holdings, UBK Hien, and ComfortDelGro, averaging 5% gains. On the other hand, top three decliners for the week were Top Glove, Nanofilm Technologies, and NEO, averaging 10% declines. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through the 21st June, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 242 million Sing dollars. Outflows were driven by UOB at 120 million, followed by DBS and Singtel. Largest inflows during the week were recorded in Great Eastern, Singapore Airlines, and Citrum. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across financial services at 186 million telecommunications at $35 million, and real estate at $17 million. On the other hand, highest net inflows were seen across industrials at $19 million, technology at $14 million, and energy oil and gas at $1 million. A look at the FTSE ST All Share Index, which has 102 stocks that include the 30 STI stocks and another 72 mids to small cap stocks, the index has generated a 1.4% year-to-date total return. Within the FTSE ST All Share Index, consumer cyclicals have booked the most net institutional inflows in the year-to-date. The strongest year-to-date performer within the index was Delphi, which generated a 65% total return. Delphi booked double-digit year-on-year percentage revenue growth in 2022 and in the first quarter of this year on the back of rising consumer demand for its confectionery products in Indonesia. Hami Lim joins us for Newsdesk's Take of the Week. For the five trading days ended Thursday, regional markets were largely in the red. The Straits Times Index lost 0.6%, Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index fell 1%, South Korea's Kospi Index declined 0.6%, and Japan's Nikkei 225 Index lost 0.7%. The FTSE Bursa Malaysia KLCI Index, though, gained 0.9%. Markets started the week with muted trading, with the US markets closed for the Juneteenth holiday, 
On Thursday, the Hong Kong and mainland China markets were also closed for holidays. Through the week, investors watched China, which was set to put out stimulus and announce rate cuts. But a downgrade in GDP outlook and a central bank's policy measure that fell short of expectations in China had pushed back some optimism. Earlier in the week, there were also hopes for thawing in frosty China-U.S. relations. Prior to a meetup between U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Chinese President Xi Jinping, but this optimism also subsided after renewed tensions in the U.S.-China relationship. U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell made a series of hawkish comments that drove down U.S. equities on Wednesday, although the Fed Fund's futures remained largely stable in terms of rate expectations. In the Singapore market, declines on the STI were led by Semcorp Industries, Singapore Airlines, and Keppel Corporation. Shares of Semcorp and Keppel fell amid heavy trading the day after the Energy Market Authority said it will introduce a temporary price cap on wholesale electricity prices. In the five-day period, Semcorp lost 6.4% while Keppel lost 5.4%. Flag carrier Singapore Airlines broke its 12-day winning streak last Friday and ended the five-day period 5.8% lower. This came after it denied it was raising its stake in Air India to create a bigger full-service national carrier for India. A UOBK Hien analyst also downgraded his call on SIA to sell, as he expects the counter's very lofty valuation may not be sustainable in the long run. The three counters are the biggest gainers on the STI year-to-date, with Semcorp rising 60.4%, Keppel gaining 41%, and SIA climbing 18.4%. In comparison, the STI is down 0.9% year-to-date. Still to come, company-focused news and what to note in the Singapore markets with Amelia. The International News Media Association held its annual World Congress in May this year in New York, attracting leadership from news media companies in 50-plus countries and included a conference, workshops, study tours and awards. Associate Editor, Product, The Business Times, Christopher Lim, attended as well. What did we learn? Find out in the latest episode of Editor's Talk. Out on July 3rd. Proudly produced by the Business Times Podcasts team. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, could you give us the highlights of the week's notable news? Definitely, Clarissa. In property, the government has announced that it will be bumping up the supply of private homes for full year 2023 to the highest in a decade to cater to strong private residential demand. Supply of private homes on the confirmed list will be increased to about 5,160 units in the second half of the year, 26.2% higher than the first half of this year. The total confirmed supply for full year 2023 is at 9,250, a highest level in 10 years. The Energy Market Authority will be introducing a temporary price cap on wholesale electricity prices to prevent large swings in prices. The cap will take effect on 1st July and will be calculated using a formula that includes a long-run marginal cost of generation capacity. This move comes as power prices spiked as much as 3,000% this year amid the global energy crisis. Shares of Semcot Industries and Cable Corporation declined 9% and 5% respectively on Tuesday after the news and traded over $180 million in total. The Monetary Authority of Singapore has imposed composition penalties amounting to $3.8 million on DBS, OCBC, Citibank and insurer Swiss Life Singapore for breaching its anti-money laundering and countering the financing of terrorism requirements. 
The breaches were identified during its examinations following news of irregularities in German payments provider Wirecard's financial statements. Of the four financial institutions, DBS was imposed the largest composition penalty amounting to $2.6 million. DBS issued a statement noting that the transactions were related to a network of customers that was ultimately traceable to Wirecard and added that it had worked closely with MAS to enhance the effectiveness of its anti-money laundering controls. Amelia, please give us the highlights in company news this week. Certainly, Clarissa. On Monday, OCBC reported that it bought 2.3 million Great Eastern shares at $16.99 each, bringing its stake in the insurer from 87.91% to 88.4%. Analysts view the potential privatisation of Great Eastern by OCBC as unlikely, but plausible. As a subsidiary of OCBC Bank, Great Eastern Holdings maintains an $8 billion market capitalization. However, its monthly median of daily trading volume does not qualify high enough for SDI inclusion. Nonetheless, the stock has averaged more than 670,000 a day in average trading turnover this year, more than doubling its 2022 average turnover. With over $100 billion in assets and more than 14.5 million policyholders, including $12 million from government schemes, Great Eastern provides insurance solutions to customers through three distribution channels, a tight agency force, bank assurance, and financial advisory firm Great Eastern Financial Advisors. Singtel announced that its Australian subsidiary Optus welcomes the decision to uphold the Australian Competition Tribunal's decision to reject Telstra and TPG Telecom's proposed network sharing deal. Optus's chief executive said that the outcome was favourable to Australia's regional communities with the view that they would continue to benefit from competition as Optus reaffirms its commitment in providing a strong network and great service. NIO announced that it has entered into a US$738.5 million US dollar share subscription with the investor to become a substantial shareholder. In the transaction, CYVN Holdings will subscribe to about 84.7 million newly issued Class A ordinary shares of NIO at $8.72 apiece. Separately, the investor has also entered into a share purchase agreement with an existing shareholder and affiliate of Tencent to purchase 40.1 million of NIO's Class A ordinary shares. After both transactions are completed, the investor will own about 7% of NIO's total shares, entitling it to a board seat. The founder, chairman and CEO of NIO, William Lee, noted that the transaction will strengthen its balance sheet to power its continuous endeavours in accelerating business growth, driving technological innovations and building long-term competitiveness. NIO's first quarter FY23 saw vehicle deliveries increase over 20% from a year ago and its total revenue increased 7.7% year-on-year. During the endless results call, NIO stated that it expects to break even within the next one year. As of mid this week, the SGX listing of NIO has seen 84% higher daily turnover of 2 million in June as compared to the previous month with an improvement in the order book quality. Cable Corporation has been awarded a contract to design, build, own and operate a large-scale district cooling system plant in the Jurong Lake district. The contract is expected to generate about 950 million for Keppel over 30 years. The plant will supply chilled water and related services to 1.4 million square metres in gross floor area to serve future developments in the district. It is also able to achieve super energy efficient levels which are over 30% higher than conventional systems and 18% higher than the National Environment Agency's standards, as well as garner cost savings of up to 30%. 
On the topic of Jurong Lake District, the Urban Redevelopment Authority said that a huge 6.5-hectare white site in the district has also been released to kickstart the development of a largest commercial district outside Singapore's city centre. Spanning 365,000 square metres, the site has an office and a residential component which will yield about 1,700 units and will include space for shopping, food and beverage and hotel users. The proposed integrated development will be completed in the next 10 to 15 years and provide critical mass to propel the development of the future Jurong Lake District. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, Market Analyst at SGX Securities, and Howie Lim from the Business Times News Desk. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.